Hey everybody, welcome into another episode of A Nickel's Worth. I'm your host tonight and every night on the show, Keaton Nichols. You can find me on the socials, of course, at Keaton D. Nichols. We got the Instagram going right now. Everywhere, Facebook, Instagram, uh, and Twitter at Keaton D. Nichols. And subscribe to the show on YouTube. I want everybody to try and do this if you are out there. I know everyone has a YouTube account. If you have a Google, you have a YouTube. Thanks to the era of amalgamations of corporations and stuff like that. Um, so anyway, go to youtube.com slash a Nichols worth and subscribe. Look, even if you're not like a hardcore YouTuber, I'm not really a hardcore YouTuber myself, but I do like to give support to those local YouTube pages out there that are doing their thing. So make sure you subscribe at, uh, I'm sorry, not at a Nichols worth youtube.com slash a Nichols worth. It's the best uh, way to listen to the show live. Um, at 8 p.m. when we do these shows. Also, if you missed any shows, it's all in one nice and neat playlist. YouTube.com slash A Nichols Worth. Appreciate everyone joining me tonight, Monday, March the 15th. Hope everyone had a great weekend. Make sure you give this a share on your timelines. I see Jalisa V already in. Z in the house. The other Z. <laughs> that I know, of course, in the house. Good to see you as well. Make sure you give this a share. Tell people about it, all that other good stuff. Um, and that's how we're going to do that. Without further ado, let's get right into it um, with the news of the day. Um, new infections. This is Monday. Of course, we just had the weekend and we had that, you know, those few Biden appearances last week. We'll talk about that in just a second. Um, new infections, according to the NPR, this is an article written two weeks ago, right? Now, the number of infections have pretty much plateaued since then, but the information is still kind of relevant here for what we want to talk about tonight. New infections had fallen uh, close to 70% nationwide in just over six weeks since January um, at that point, bringing the average number of cases to levels seen early in the fall. The number of people hospitalized for COVID had plummeted by nearly 60% uh, at that point. That was two weeks ago. Um, and the rate of tests coming back positive in the United States is now far below what we were uh, looking at during that January peak, down somewhat th uh, down from over 13% to now less than 5%. So all of those numbers basically mean that uh, not only has the United States done better, um, with this kind of thing, not only has, have we improved, um, but we're actually looking pretty good, um, headed into the fall. This is as we get news of a few things happening. We get news of, um, there being a larger, you know, a, a, a larger availability of vaccines that are going to be, you know, available for us during the course of this summer and some other things like that. Um, there's a $1.9 trillion stimulus bill which in addition to sending $1,400 checks to Americans, extending unemployment benefits, of course, expanding, largely expanding the earn, you know, the, the, the child tax credit, among some other things as well. In that $1.9 billion that was, I'm sorry, trillion dollars that was spent here on this package, included in that was uh, basically money to make the distribution, the production and distribution of vaccines a lot easier here in the United States. That's a good thing. It's a really good thing. Um, so all of that combined kind of has a lot of people thinking to themselves, hmm, you know, we just heard this, you know, this speech at the end of last week. And Biden is saying that, you know, he wants the United States to be free of, you know, free of coronavirus by Independence Day. A kind of little corny little thing he threw into his his speech there. I don't know if folks caught that, but uh, wanted to be kind of free of the coronavirus by Independence Day. That's July 
of this year. An ambitious goal, but one that he admitted is just a goal, right? Like he's not making promises to people, but it's, this is something, um, you know, that he believes the nation is very capable of by the middle of this year. So there's a lot of sort of encouragement for people to kind of return to some of those things that we used to do normally. There's some people who have jobs that are kind of tied to the idea that humans can gather again, like those that are involved in the music industry or the ticketing industry or anything else like that. You know, these became very important sort of things for people to follow. So naturally, people want to get back to that as quickly as possible. But the but the caution has to be in here, right? Falling, we've seen, we've not been dealing with the coronavirus long enough. It's crazy to think, but we've been dealing with this virus long enough to have been able to see peaks and valleys and what's going on. And when the peaks hit, you know, we do everything that we can to sort of curb or flatten the curve uh, and things like that. But when, but when the country has plateaued and it's plateaued, I'm sorry, not plateaued when it's uh, when its infection rates have fallen, and they have fallen a few different times during the course of this pandemic, our natural reaction is sort of to sort of pull the rug out from the plans of being safe and precautious and just go back to normal. As soon as the rates start falling, it's our natural reaction to do this. And seemingly every time that we have that we have this relapse and we go back to normal too quickly infections infection rates at some point spike back up that was helped of course by the cold weather in the fall and the winter and the gathering and the traveling that was heavily you know advised against but people did anyway there were a lot of factors that played into the most recent spike but overall before that you know spike uh, last fall, we were experiencing some pretty consistently low numbers. So that's something I think that we have to consider that now that we're experiencing this spike, it's a new administration. We've got all this really good news about vaccines, all this really good news, um, you know, about money being, you know, uh, uh, um, you know, given to this cause. It might seem as though this is the perfect time to just throw all the precautions to the wind. Quite the opposite. We're, we're, we're getting close. I don't know if we're real close. I'll wait for the health experts on that one. But I think we're getting close enough to the point where we can't mess this up. And Dr. Anthony Fauci on this weekend on Meet the Press. Yes, I watch Meet the Press. I think it's a good show. Just saying, maybe you should too. Anyway, this weekend on Meet the Press, uh, he basically sort of echoed that sentiment and said, look, we can't let our foot off the gas um, on this one. We've really got to pay attention tight um, in these situations, uh, let's see if I can play this clip here um, from Meet the Press. Exactly what the Europeans have experienced, right? Like this idea that once we get kind of to low enough levels and the situation seems to kind of be handling itself, okay, now we can just go back to normal. We can spike back up. But we've, we actually have a real-life model of this happening in Europe right now. Now, generally, like cases are down everywhere, but we can't we can't look at what we're seeing across the water and say to ourselves, let's do that exact same thing and expect a different result. We all know what that's called. But I think we have a chance to be smarter in this moment, in addition to this being a different time than the previous administration. And we've talked at length about the differences between these two administrations, of course. But one of the things that's going to become critical at this point is how we embrace information coming from individuals like Dr. Anthony Fauci. Fauci was around last year. We all know that. But he had kind of one of the more interesting up and down years that, you know, any sort of scientist or man of science or person of medicine, um, you know, might experience. 
You know, he comes in as the nation's foremost disease expert, uh, uh, infectious disease expert at the beginning of this, um, at the beginning of the pandemic. And then he, he, you know, sort of gets vilified in many in, in many ways by the Trump administration for simply delivering information that was at times, I would admit, like hard to process and hard, you know, to hear sometimes. But it was absolutely necessary for us to know. That's the role that Anthony Fauci has played for the last year. And the problem with that is that the way that Trump fought, the way that <laughs> Trump followers kind of work here is that whatever Trump says in short, and we've done shows about this, but whatever Trump says, that's pretty much what they contend to follow. There's not really much challenging of the information that comes from Trump. If Trump says it, then there's usually a narrative that can be spun around it uh, to try and, uh, you know, try and convince other people, you know, uh, 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 convince others that their political position is right. So oftentimes what Trump would do is he wouldn't say that, you know, Dr. Anthony Fauci is wrong per se. He would just kind of say that I don't know if we can trust the information coming out around what Dr. Fauci is studying wouldn't go so far as to vilify him directly, but in most cases took sort of thinly veiled uh, swipes at him on Twitter, retweeting, you know, uh, tweets that mentioned hashtag fire Fauci and things like that, right? So while he was never directly kind of pushed out of the mainstream of things, what he, t what the message that he conveyed to his followers, a message that he knew how they were going to receive it, the message that he con conveyed is that this man and the science behind this man cannot be trusted. Kind of idiotic, if you if you ask me. But whatever that that was <laughs> that was the way that they decided to roll things out but this administration is a little bit different the information that we hear from uh, Dr Anthony Fauci m now might sort of have a real ripple effect in the way that we do business in the country we don't have this sort of huge cloud of information over Dr Anthony Fauci like was there in the last administration a cloud that was validated by the president of the cloud club in that case which was Donald Trump we don't have that voice anymore. So I think that that's a very good thing, all things considered. It's important to note that science isn't perfect. And that from the very beginning of this virus, scientists in many countries have been trying to get ahead of what the effect of this virus is actually going to be on the people. And many scientists have failed to get out ahead of it. This is an incredible sort of thing that has happened to us in this last year, in case you haven't realized, in case you haven't noticed. It's pretty monumental. So science not being perfect is something that most people understand. But when, you know, Trump begins to vilify Fauci and the science and basically the information that is coming out about this, whether or not it's good information or bad information, it puts us in a bad place. Now, the president is no longer there, but the rhetoric and the narrative absolutely is. It's one of the things that I wanted to talk about, you know, in in sort of the post-election analysis is that just because Donald Trump is physically gone from the White House, he's gone from the political sphere of things, doesn't mean that the attitudes that brought him there, that escorted him, basically escorted him there, it doesn't mean that they're gone. As a matter of fact, they're still there and they exist in weird ghost-like forms, in a sense. 
I'm looking at a Fox News article. I guess I should have thrown this up on the screen, too. Um, <laughs> Monday morning post-production quarterbacking there. But anyway, I'm looking at an article on, on Fox News right now that says, Fauci torched for backtracking six feet, quote-unquote, based on science, question mark, Think again. Fauci torched for backtracking on six feet. Now, this, of course, references um, the CDC's guidelines over the weekend. They eased their guidelines in saying that in many situations, including classrooms, three feet distance between uh, individuals could be or, or, or seems like it's just as safe as keeping six feet or any other sort of distance feet away as well. Right. Like this is new information that is coming out. And so as is the case with new information, you didn't have it before. And so, I don't know, it, it, it's something different than what we were latching on to before. Now there's a lot of people saying, look, like, like Fox News here, Fauci is backtracking on the six feet thing. This must not be based on science. I mean, what's the difference? Six feet, three feet, who cares, right? They're just trying to get in our heads. The article is interesting. If you ever want to go check it out, check it out, Fox News. I don't want to, like, kill their business or anything. Fox News, Fauci torch for backtracking six feet thing. Um, when you read the article, it just kind of goes into, you know, these different analysts that have, you know, basically criticized Dr. Fauci, not based upon science or any sort of findings or anything else like that, just kind of based upon thoughts that maybe were in the back of their head or in the back of their mind. Um, you know, one gentleman is quoted, um, he used to be a former CIA guy, but he's, you know, quoted as saying, um, uh, in a tweet, oh, you thought six feet of social distancing was some super fancy scientific thing that they came up with after years of real world testing and experience think again he wrote right now that's an idiotic statement for a number of reasons including the fact that the coronavirus hasn't been around for a number of years to study but the problem is people that tweet that out his name is buck sexton but the, but people that tweet stuff like that out have huge followings buck sexton right now on on uh on twitter has tens of thousands of followers I take that back. He has 480,000 followers. So he has hundreds of thousands of followers. And granted, not all of those followers, I'm sure, take his word um, at, you know, at face value, so to speak. But there's a lot of those 400,000 followers and beyond that that listen to Buck Sexton and they take his word seriously. And so if Buck Sexton says that this whole six feet thing or three feet thing or whatever is not based on science, these are typically people that aren't going to go back and do that research behind it before they spread that information to someone else before they retweet it before they share it in an inbox to someone else this is fox news this article was published uh maybe a couple of days a day or two ago I'm trying to look at, look for the date yeah two days ago so this is not you know a, a relic of the past when we talk about misinformation it is the single most damaging aspect of the prior administration as many things as he did wrong with this coronavirus to the economy to different aspects of taking care of of you know people that live here in this country the 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 previous president did a lot wrong but the spread of misinformation is the long-term damaging effect of the prior presidency we are as anthony fauci just said dr anthony fauci said we are at the five yard line and we've approached the five yard line before but we went backwards last time this time we've got to be serious about scoring the football we cannot as he said spike it early we are not done with this drive just yet we need to stay at it 
and a part of what we have to do now that you know, sort of time has passed and that we are on to this next administration and we're trying to figure out what exactly we're supposed to do about this. One of the things that I think that we must do, that we have to do, is correct those wrongs that were made uh, on the misinformation that was spread throughout this country. How, how gullible we were to really be sucked into sort of pockets of misinformation, too. How likely it was that we would engage in an argument with a stranger online about some ridiculous piece of information that's out there, like you know, ingesting uh, uh, bleach or hydroxychloroquine as a way of eradicating the coronavirus from yourself, from from your body. Misinformation is critical. So in these next couple of weeks and in these next couple of months, if we want to make it to July and have a, a rough, you know, be within be within the ballpark, rather, of stamping out this virus entirely. We do need to trust the science, yes, of course, but the, the number one thing that we must defend against is the misinformation that comes across our timelines, our radios, um, our TV screens, everything. That's the major key here. And with, with a figure <laughs> that's a little bit more balanced on how the, the political world works as president, it will help, but it's not all the pieces aren't there. We still have to do our own work. We have to, and I continually say this because it's a continually important message. We have to be able to check our own work. We have to be able uh, to say to ourselves, I am going at this piece of information aggressively. I'm not letting someone tell me what's going on without having a fundamental understanding of what's happening and just spread that information without knowing what's happening. It's a burden to know. Sometimes it just is. But I think it's the next necessary step for us getting past this stage of the coronavirus, undoubtedly. All right, that's all uh, that I've got uh, on this one for tonight. Appreciate the people for tuning in live. Make sure you give us a share on your timelines again. Shout out to our sponsors, Parkour Therapy, parkourtherapy.com is where you can check it out. I think I have a banner somewhere around here. Yes, there we go. Parkourtherapy.com. Make sure you check them out. You got Parkour Plus workouts that you can do from your phone, from home. So we'll have a lot more on that coming up um, in the next couple of weeks and months as well. Trying to get trying to get fit. That'd be another goal after uh after this coronavirus. I gotta I gotta bring T on the show. And we'll talk about maybe some things that we can do to get fit from our homes because I'm getting a little pudgy over here. I don't know about everyone else, but I'm definitely experiencing some level of pudge. But check out Parkour, uh, Parkour Plus. It's awesome. It's like the Netflix of workouts. Um, local uh, black black owned business right here in Pittsburgh. I am proud to support. Uh, check us out on Call of Duty. Um, thank you to Cam, that man who just reminded me tonight. We got the streaming page. Go to... Um, youtube.com slash a nickels worth a nickels worth. You'll find uh, podcast episodes and you'll also get some stuff from, um, our, um, from our gaming channel. I think we're playing some games tonight. I think we're playing some call of duty tonight. So join in on the stream. If you're down twitch.com slash a nickels worth youtube.com slash a nickels worth a nickels worth. Just plug it into your Google. I'm the only one around. 
Um, for sure, Jovan says support parkour and grab that merch. It's some good merch on the website as well. So, all right, I'll see everybody on Wednesday um, at 8 p.m. for another fresh edition of A Nickel's Worth. Make sure you follow me as well at Keaton D. Nichols. Until then, peace to everybody.